Again, on behalf of the Newman Center, uh, welcome to all visitors and welcome to students that may be here uh, for the first time or uh, the first time in a while. Um, it's a blessing to be gathered. I'm reminded of the waves and seasons and times that God has in our lives, and sometimes we're provoked in certain ways. So uh, what a beautiful gift that we've all been provoked to come and to receive his grace this day uh, at the Newman Center. To understand St. Paul, and particularly a few lines that are frequently referred to in the second reading when he's writing to Timothy, we have to understand the culture and the life that St. Paul lived within. There were two primary realms for the Jewish people at the time. I shouldn't say two. There were at least two primary realms uh, for the Jewish people at this time. And one was to be very devout and to be uh, very righteous in the law and to be able to practice it well and to have this relationship with the Lord. And St. Paul would have been the greatest of these. He even says this himself. He says, me to whom were given such great gifts. But Paul also didn't live in an area, he lived uh, uh, from Tarsus, he lived in an area that was very Roman, it was very much connected to the culture of the time, and so that influenced the ways in which he lived his life, the ways in which things happened to him, and so his writings take a character that uh, we sometimes might not understand, come from a culture that isn't necessarily Jewish, And so he speaks about running this race. And we see in St. Paul numerous times in which he uses analogy of athletics. Well, why would this be? Because he's living in the Roman Empire, the empire that gave us the uh, gladiator games, the empire that gave us the Olympics, the the ways in which we can see all of the uh, sport maybe would be the right They gave us this uh, life of sport, and you can still go over, right, and see the Colosseum today. You can still go over and see the tracks where they ran their horses and their carriages around trying to compete to win. And he would have been speaking right into this culture from a life that he had lived, both as one who belonged to the covenant, who belonged to the chosen people, but one who, and, and was of the highest of them, but one who also lived in this realm, this context of sport. This all comes to mind because he's recognizing in here, he's at the end of his life. And you can imagine maybe some of you who are later in your lives, uh, I know being with you students, you sort of, I like say to myself, oh my gosh, I'm getting old. (laughs) You don't even, maybe if you ever see my eyes like get wide as saucers, that's what's going on in my head. I don't say it, I'm like... You know, <laughs> uh, when, when people didn't know that Sean Astin was in Goonies and then somebody said, what's Goonies? I'm like, are you kidding me? Right. There's all these ways like we realize we get, clo- we get more towards the end of our days and we start thinking differently. We start asking different questions. We start living differently. And so Paul is at this stage and he's got this friend, Timothy, this young friend of his that he's writing to. And so he's writing something that's uh, the the culmination of a whole life. And he doesn't negate this way in which he speaks. He doesn't suddenly suddenly become someone different than before and stop using sports and analogy, but he uses that as his way to get into what he has found is most important. And so he's telling Timothy here, run the race, persevere. I thought about that 
as I went to the SDSU USD football game, right? I don't know how many of you guys had that in mind. It's like, well, last year, everything changed right at the end, so don't give up halfway. Don't give up halfway. Right? And so yesterday's game was exhilarating in so many ways because like all along there were highs and lows, there were points, there were things that happened and things that didn't, and then all of a sudden, like right there towards what a great game. Right? But one has to stay to the end. And I was on one side of the stadium, I was on both sides. That's uh, and on one side of the stadium when I'm looking across, I'm like, oh, there's like half the people here. They missed the best part. <laughs> Right? But they left for some reason. Maybe they thought they had something better to do. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't understand the game. Right? Uh, how many of you, when, when I say 1991 in the world of sports, know what the most important thing hap- was that happened? Anybody? 1991. One person. Well, it was, it was a dream. It was a dream team. Minnesota Twins, 1991. What happened? The World Series. Like the greatest game of all time. Okay, now we can go to basketball and then we can talk about the dream team too. But in the world of basketball, in the world of athletics, this is always going to be almost at the top, if not the top. Right? The Minnesota Twins and the Atlanta Braves go to the seventh game. Right? Already right there. And each game was marked in a particular way that like made you, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? And in that seventh game, what happened? Nothing, 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 nothing. Nine innings. Zero, zero. And on top of that, both of the teams, the year previously, were at the bottom of their league. Had the worst record. Never in the history of the sport had it happened where the team that won the World Series the previous year was at the bottom. And not only was it going to happen, it was going to happen because both the teams were in that place. What are the chances? Like the exhilarating nature of this game was just gripped everybody. I was a little boy. Never forget it. We had a family friend who had tickets to that game behind home plate. And she left in the middle of it. And you know what? Even after all of the victory and all of this, she didn't care. Why? Because she didn't know the game. She didn't know what she was in the midst of. She didn't know what she was participating in. She didn't know her place. Christianity is the exact same thing. Right? It is a journey of your life. 
There are ups and downs, and there are questions that you have when it's up, and there's questions that you have when it's down. There are ways in which you're trying to figure out what's my place in this whole thing. There are times when maybe you act like a Pharisee and there's times probably that you act like you're the tax collector. There's times where you feel like I'm in the back row. There's times you feel like I'm in the front row. There's times when it seems so provoking and engaging. And there's times in which it seems like nothing, 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 nothing's happening. What's St. Paul reminding us at the end of his life? Stay in the game. Stay in the game. You never know what's going to happen. And it doesn't mean that you have to be on the field and you've got to be one doing everything and you've got to be, right? If you're watching what's going on, you're participating. If you are here recognizing what's going on, you have a place. If you have a friend who is lost and in darkness and you know what it is to have a light, you have the gift that St. Paul had too, which is a way to help someone else know God has a plan for you as well. How many young people in this world don't believe that there's a plan for their life? Or I think probably on the other side of it, how many of us believe that the plan for our life is up to us? And so we got to figure it out all on our own. And then if people don't seem to be help us figure out our plan, then they don't seem to be relevant or needed. And instead, when we discover that God has a plan for our life, that he has something he wants to do with you, then you have an ability to reach out wherever it is that you are called, whether it's the person that has the righteousness or the person that has the lowliness, and to speak into their world. Only you know how to speak into the world of this university. I can do my best, but it was 25 years ago. And I'm just getting started to taste it again. But I'll never live in those dorm rooms and understand the conversations that are had between people. It was such a blessing to sit in that parking lot and to have you guys and your friends and your family come and to want to partake of the life that's here. But the life that's here is something that originates out there in eternity. One who said, I have a plan for this place and I want you to be a part. But because we're free, we can choose to leave early. Because we're who we are, we can complain when we're down or we can be triumphalistic when we're up. But you know what? No matter where you are, God knows the plan he has for you. Do you know that he has a plan? After St. Paul gives us these beautiful analogies that speak right into the circumstances, he reminds people that it's faith that we need victory in. And faith is the increasing awareness that Christ is present here. And maybe you don't believe that. Maybe you don't experience that in your life. But if you do, the world needs to hear from you. And you know what I've found in my journey? People who are even more amazing than those that have amazing faith and always see Christ present are those who in the time right now maybe don't. 
but because of some part of their journey, they can reach back and say, I still know you, and I know you love me, and persevere. My friends, we're here because God created us and loves us and sustains us. But we're here in this place because we want this for eternity. We want a victory over this life that isn't about accumulating things, but about giving things and discovering that the greatest gift we've been given is God has a plan for us. Persevere. Run the waves. Don't worry about the victory. Pay attention to his.